show evidence of having been partially devoured by their murderers. What's up guys my name's kaylee this is the murder with friends podcast podcast where i call up my friends and tell them my favorite true crime stories welcome 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 this is my very first episode i'm super excited about it just a little background on me my name's kaylee peppers i'm 27 years old i am a capricorn january 9th i am located in georgia where there's an abundance of mosquitoes and boob sweat Yes, the struggle is very real. (laughs) I live with my boyfriend, Will, and we have a son. He's four years old. His name is Marvel. And we also have a puppy. His name is Rolly. I love true crime, you guys. The documentaries. I love forensic files. And I especially love the podcasts. Um, Just to plug a few, my favorites are Crime Junkie, morbid and my favorite murder if you guys have not heard of those y'all need to go check them out right now my hope with this podcast is just to connect with people again you know everybody's been just locked up in their house and you know i work so i'm in and out all day but my friends some of them haven't left the house in months and I just haven't connected with anybody because most of the people you know you only see around town but yeah I just want to connect with everybody and what better way than to tell them about murder so today we're going to have my sister-in-law Brittany Peppers she is my favorite sister-in-law uh not really she made me say that but I love her so much and you know if she wasn't married to my brother I would probably have killed her already but you know family and since she's family I can't kill her because I'll definitely get caught bummer but (laughs) instead of telling her a true crime story since it's spooky season I wanted to go ahead and tell her spooky stories so let me get her on the phone and we can get this started warning this podcast is for mature audiences only yes I'm talking to you little girl covered up with her unicorns and her care bears this will give you nightmares there will be talks of murder rape and a lot of foul language on my part so go to bed happy october i'm i'm so happy it's october. me too so happy um spooky season to you my dear thank you so mm-hmm. you are Brittany. you yes, are Kate. my sister-in-law mm-hmm you are married to my asshole brother, not the nice one. He's not so bad. Not anymore. He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> what is your best memory with me? With you. Mm-hmm. You should have not put me on the spot like this. Okay. I remember. Gosh, there's a few. I know there's a few that, like, you know, we both kind of fuck up, but... Okay, well, I'll tell you one, because it makes me laugh every time. 
Um, I had not seen you in a very long time. I went to visit my dad, and I was, <laughs> I was pregnant with Tyson. And so um, I came back to Georgia. I saw you for the first time. You were, like, in the kitchen making some food. <laughs> I walked around the corner, oh, and you said, oh, what's up, whale? Like, <laughs> damn. Yeah, I first time I had felt- seen you, like, I think – because you were pregnant when you left, but like but not you weren't, pregnant. yeah, you weren't anywhere near that pregnant. I think you came back, you were like seven or eight months, right? Mm-hmm. And Brittany is a teeny tiny little thing, what, like four foot seven? What? Like, no! <laughs> I'm not, um, I'm actually almost five feet, thanks. Oh, uh, wow. No, it just, I, it was just picture like a watermelon, um, type deal on a toothpick on my shirt. (laughs) (laughs) It was just my kid, but, um, yeah, I did feel like a whale. So that was fun. Thanks for, you know, you can always, you always keep it real. (laughs) You can always count on me to be a dick. Shit, she read my mind. (laughs) <laughs> but then I think after I was like, so by the way, what you got to eat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, what are you cooking I think over I was there? making like ramen noodles. Ramen noodles were the shit back then, you know? Yeah, probably. I would imagine so. Um, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, off the top of your head, tell me the top three things that have got you through uh, COVID, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. Well, like, that's difficult because I'm not really, like, quarantined. You know, like, I still work. I still take Marvel to school. I still, you know, but... Right, so nothing changed much? Not really. I mean, but... He was home for a good while. Yeah, and he's off for a week not next week, but the week after for fall break. Already? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I found out that the first nine weeks is over, like, uh, this weekend. So that mm-hmm. went by really fast. And I just yeah. want to let everybody know that my um, teaching career is going great. I planned on retiring <laughs> back in May. But, you know, I was so good at it that they were like, please teach us some more. We love. No, it's it's really okay, but um, I don't plan to do this forever. It's getting old. <laughs> well, I very can, different I situation. That's definitely that would definitely be hard. I, I really, I honestly couldn't imagine. Like, thank God, like Marvel's in pre-K, so like I didn't. Pre-K is not a necessity in Georgia. Right, it's not mandatory. Yeah, it's not mandatory like it is in other places. But it is like, they call it, what is it, like a pre-K lottery? Like only certain people get in? Yeah, you have to put your name in for a drawing, right? Yeah, and Marvel got in, so I was like, cool. And then COVID hit, and I like, you know, had to deal with the thought of, do I not send them to school or do I send them to school? And I was like, you know, well, either way, he's going to have to go to daycare because I work. 
Right. Because I work for family, so I'm not working from home. I work from home like half the day. And then the other half, I I have to be out and about. Even when I'm working from home, I have to be working from home. Like, Marvel would stop me every five minutes for a snack. The little ones, I'm fine. I'm realizing, like, like need to be socialized more than the older ones. Yeah. Because I can't, like, there's not a time during the day when Drayton is not talking. Oh Not. my god, I want you to tell them your horror story from the other day, yesterday. No, I- I'm not. I Please. Not. Um, nope. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, yeah, that's still... I can't rip the band-aid off of that one yet, KK. Uh, I've, I've gotten it. I, well, Stranger Danger is pretty much the topic of it, right? Well, yeah. And, um, okay, you know, so I've, I've been go. trying to talk to Marvel. Or I, I tell Marvel everybody's a serial killer. Like, that's how, like, he'll be like, oh, well, what about that person, Mom? And I'm like, no, he's a serial killer. Don't talk to him. So he just thinks everybody's a serial killer. And,. Like, I have to tell you that I think I already told you this, but I have to tell you the story. All right. So we were going to the lake house, which is in bumfucked Egypt. And it's really in like Cordial. And we were going there and we saw a little baby deer. Well, we were all cute. Marvel, where, where's his mommy at? And Marvel goes, eh, a serial killer probably killed it. <laughs> He's wow. like a serial killer or a poacher, which I, I was really um, impressed he knew what a poacher was at four. Yes, a he said a serial killer I'm or not sure a poacher. I know what a poacher is. What the fuck? What is a poacher? What the fuck? Do you I'm... not know what a poacher is? I guess it's not. Just like uh, the the people that kill the baby seals. Oh, yeah, like animals. Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. Wow, where did I, I that don't come know. From? I, I do. Marvel be spitting some crazy ass shit some days. It's stuff he learns at school and at daycare, and uh, I'm like, huh, I didn't know you knew that. <laughs> All right. So Marvel. <laughs> I have a I have a Marvel story in in our car. Um, we drove by, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, just a casual mausoleum full of dead bodies. <laughs> and my, you know, shit, like you know, my four nephew from the back seat says, "There's dead people in there." <laughs> it was so like. By the way, just in case y'all didn't know, there's dead people <laughs> like, on the walls. Meh, meh, meh. Yes, there's dead people there. Uncle Ron, keep it up. <laughs> yeah, because you know we go. You know, whenever we have nothing else to do, we go and we play Pokemon Go, and we have this cemetery here, and it literally has like seven or eight Pokestops in it. Mm-hmm. So I'll just drive around there and. 
He's like, Mom, look at all the flowers. And I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, you know what's under there? He goes, what? I said, dead bodies. And he's like, he just looked at me and he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I said, yeah, you know, when you die and, you know, you get buried in the ground. And he's like, what about over there? Are there people in the wall? Because he saw the big mausoleum and, you know, the flowers on the wall. And I was like, yeah. I was like, there's bodies in the wall. He, what? Yeah, that's like... got to be mind-blowing to a little kid. It's like, <laughs> I can't even, I don't even know what my body is, but there's dead ones over there in that wall. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, Just I don't in even... case you didn't know, he's like, Mom, what if they become zombies? And I was like, Marvel, zombies what? aren't real. If, little like... dude. Like, really, what if? Oh, my God. Then we would be screwed right now because we're in the middle of a fucking cemetery. <laughs> I feel like Michael Jackson thriller. Um, <laughs> okay, but you, you still um, didn't answer my question. I need your. Um, well, Marvel is one of the. Well, yeah, Marvel and. Kept you busy, I love sure. true crime podcasts. Like, I will listen to them all day. Same. While I eat, while I'm driving around doing stuff, while I'm sorting through appliance parts, like, I will literally, like, I will eat while listening to, what is it, Human Monsters? Uh, I don't know I'm if you've sure. ever heard of that, but it's no. like... It's super detailed. Like the episodes can be like two to three hours long, but it's uh, super detailed and super gory, and I love it. I am not so much for the gore. It doesn't I like it. nothing really turns my stomach. Nothing is like too much, but once it's like two hours in, I've I've lost it. And I don't I don't think that you should um you should approach this like new podcast deal. As like uh, ever having a beef or or trying to compete with any other true crime podcast podcast because uh, at the end of the day we're just fans anyway and and you're yeah. like hey I want to do that too because they make it sound like a lot of fun you know what I mean yeah so, like morbid the girls at on morbid make it look like so much fun right like they just shoot the shit and it's funny yeah. and you. Um, you know, you have to be careful what you're saying, like not make the awkward, the, you know, uncomfortable things too insensitive. And we, yeah, totally get all that. It's just fun. And, um, I guess maybe for me, podcast is, is one of the things too, that has got me through like the kids being home all the time. I know that sounds horrible. I'll be like, have one AirPod in listening to about, you know. God knows what stubby stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and in my right, my right ear, because I still have not found my other AirPod. By the way, is like really? um, no. I no. told you your daughter found mine. Yeah, I told her to find mine. I told her I'd take her to, for ice cream if she found mine. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "KK told me that I'm the best because um, I'm her new favorite because I found her AirPod." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Cool, find mommies." <laughs> yes. She is my favorite because she found my AirPod that I lost for like 
three months and Marvel had it in his room. Mm. <sighs> Some kind of speaker device or he needed it to radio the Power Rangers, I'm sure. I'm sure. She said he was using it as like a person in the front of a car. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, you know. Well, speaking of uh, kids and COVID and all of that, where do you really, like, stand on Halloween? I, you know, Halloween was my, well, still is my favorite time of year. And for Marvel not to have that experience this year, especially this year's, like, the first year he's like really into it like knows what he wants to be like yeah on it and he's changed his mind a couple times yeah 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 a couple times um yeah. but he just like he gets the idea of it now and he knows but uh, i don't know i still don't even know if we're gonna go or not well i feel like you're gonna be outside and everybody if you're dressed up for Halloween you're wearing a mask anyway so what's the big deal just let the kids have something you know yeah let them either way we'll still like decorate and I love that when you had my kids you did like a scavenger hunt with the candy oh yeah man so I love that kind of idea of like if you can't just go house to house, like you can go find it somewhere. Dude, Drayton like was big mad. She was. She did. She was like, "That was the dumbest idea ever." And I was like, "Don't you because get mad because she, she didn't, didn't wa- find any. She found yeah. one. These kids are a trip." And she was so mad. Tyson found five. Like, it's not gonna hurt to like dress up and eat candy and just, you know. I mean, can we have something like, like, I just, I want one thing to not be messed up. Like, it's just, it's Halloween. Right. And it's the very least, you can like make some popcorn and put on a freaking flannel shirt and watch scary movies and shove candy in your face. Honestly, don't care how you celebrate, but like make it fun and where it seems like the closer we get to the end of 2020, like, it's starting to speed up. So, hopefully, like, that's what the holidays will do for us. And we'll be through this shit show and election blah, blah, blah. And, and if, I mean, to be honest, if we all get coronavirus, maybe it's worth it. That's all I'm saying. Maybe candy is worth Corona. Yeah. Maybe. I. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But, um, no, it's not only the candy. It's just the experience. You know, it's dressing up, going door to door, like, and to be honest, most people don't do it now anyways. Right. We were talking about that and how the fact that when we were kids, it was basically just if you have any kind of decor, you got a pumpkin or a scarecrow and your porch light is on, it's fair game. Right. And so now um, there's a next door 
link for that. Like mm-hmm. you have to sign up on the Nextdoor app, the map for when trick or treaters or like what you know. Yeah, I. It's just not the same. But either way, there's probably a lot of people that feel the same way. Like, forget it. We're gonna right. have fun. Let the kids be kids. Do you want ghosts or murder? Is that even like? I mean. Pick one. Um, I mean, duh, murder. Okay, okay. Um, for the murder cases, these were like little short stories that I found that I thought you would like. Um, so for the murder ones, I pulled these off of the lineup.com. And this one's called the Icebox Murders, okay? Uh huh. In, in 1965, Fred and Edwina Rogers were living in Houston along with their grown I son, I definitely Charles. thought you were going to say Fred and Daphne, but keep going. No. Okay. The family mostly kept to themselves in their quiet neighborhood, especially given Charles' reclusive and antisocial behavior. In fact, many of the neighbors were not even aware that Charles lived at home with his parents because he maybe only left the house house each day before dawn and he didn't really come back until like it was dark and nobody could see him. So when was he a vampire? Maybe. Um, When a family member hadn't heard from the Rogers in several days, he called the Houston police for, see, I said Houston the first time, just Houston County. Anyway, so he called the police to do a welfare check on his elderly aunt and uncle. And the the cops show up. They're unable to locate the elderly Fred and Edwina. Nowhere to be found. But they noticed that there was, like, food sitting out. Like, maybe they had just got back from grocery shopping or something. Mm-hmm. And there was food sitting on the dining table. And they opened the fridge and noticed there were, like, several packages of meat neatly stacked on, on top of each other. And Oh, my God. Um, I've heard of this one. And then they noticed there were two human heads in the vegetable bin. Ah, what vegetable bin? What crisper drawer is big, big enough, enough for, for two head? heads? Yes. Um, I don't know because this was back in the 60s. So maybe it was like a whole half of the, the bottom. You know? Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Um, so additional officers arrived and slowly removed the packages full of dismembered body parts from the fridge. Ooh. The remains were that of Fred and Edwina Rogers. No. The police the police concluded that Edwina had been brutally burnt, beaten and shot, and Fred suffered forceful trauma to the head. His eyes had been gouged out, <sighs> and his genitalia removed. Oh, my God. The couples... Listen, Kaylee. Oh, my God. This is what... The couple's innards had been flushed down the toilet. Shut the fuck up. So gross. So Charles was nowhere to be found, obviously. Mm-hmm. The, like, you know, yeah. little introverted, weird son. Um, <laughs> naturally, Charles, was, he was the prime suspect mm-hmm. in the heinous crime. And however, he seemed to have vanished off the face of the earth. The police were able to collect circumstantial pieces of evidence against him. Charles Rogers was never found. Holy shit. So. Never? Mm-mm. What the fuck? He's out there somewhere. 
Just thinking about the time he chopped up his parents and packaged them oh in the fridge. Because weren't they, like, kicking him out or something? I don't know. See, I need to look more into it. I just thought as a, as a short story, you pretty, or, pretty no, much got I to think, the gory point. I think I, I listened to a podcast about this, and I think it said that was his house. But, like, uh, I think, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, so I won't one. say anything. Yeah, I I listen to all of the podcasts. Okay, <laughs> like so you've heard of all of these. That's because if you you can fill me in. There's so many that I haven't. Yeah, I do believe that was his house, but there mm-hmm. was something like the parents were in a lot of debt, so they put it in his name or something like it. What in? I can't remember. Well, either way, you are going to flush your parents' innards down the toilet. Hey, uh, you know, you if, know, if Joe pisses me off bad enough, maybe. <laughs> you just better know a damn good plumber because your pipes <laughs> are going to be clogged. The up. <laughs> That's gross. All right. Let me tell you what. Yeah. Now, okay. these I literally pull off of Creepypasta. Now, okay. I don't know if you've ever been on Creepypasta, so I've never read this. Okay. This is my first time reading it, so that I... Okay. But no. they have a random button where you could just so hit random story, you know, and, you know, surprise too. Okay. All right, this one is called Snow, and it says it's five minutes long, and it says credit to Cat. With a K. Oh, edgy. Yeah. All right. So here we go. You ready? Yeah. It says, a beautiful snowfall. The first since Kara had moved into the small cozy house she had just rented. It was in the country and the perfect place to complete her online university classes while also fulfilling her life lifelong dream of becoming a starving artist slash starving science fiction writer specifically the elderly couple she rented it from whose grandchildren she had babysat have left the midwest for a warmer climate for their retirement so probably florida they had taken pity on her as they knew that her mother her only relative had died of a drug overdose many years of addiction. They allowed her to stay for next to nothing in exchange for keeping the property in order. For Mm -hmm. many 20-somethings, living alone in such a big secluded house would be boring or scary. But for Kara, who had previously only lived in a cramped and filthy inner-city apartment, it was absolutely amazing. This is partly why she was so enchanted by the snowfall. Though she liked to fancy herself as a serious and solitary artist, the allure of a snow just drew her in. She bundled up and went outside for a peaceful walk through the beautiful scenery. A huge yard with a barn at one end and a small pond at the other. A quaint view along with a peaceful silence that only snow can create put her in a happy mood and she was feeling very calm and happy by the time she came back to the house just as she stepped onto the onto the first stair leading to the door of the house a movement 
A movement in the snow caught the corner of her eye. Oh, shit. For reasons she couldn't explain, her heart skipped a beat, and she felt the urge to run inside and lock the door. The feeling only lasted for a split second, but it took her a moment to collect herself. She cautiously looked back at what had moved, and that's when she saw it. A tiny, pure white kitten, maybe two months old. She had to laugh at herself for being so startled by such an innocent little creature. She glanced around for its mother, thinking of all the semi-feral cats living on the property. She didn't remember any of them having kittens, and in this cold weather, they mostly took refuge in a barn or the garage. Either way, this kitten was alone. And it was less than 30 degrees outside. She scooped him up. Oh, please don't be a devil kitten. Okay. (laughs) She scooped him up and almost on impulse decided to keep him. She had never had a pet before. She could just picture him curled up beside her as she wrote or studied. The more she thought about it, the more she thought it was a good idea. Fighting the urge to name him after a science fiction character, she settled on an easier to spell, Snowy. She was amazed that after he wasn't freezing, as she wrapped him in a blanket and rummaged through her landlord's cabinets for pet supplies. He must have just left the garage and wandered off too far in the cold. She found some cat food and watered it down for him, To her relief, he scarfed it down gratefully. She carried him through the big house and down to the finished basement where she lived. Do you hear my dog? Yes. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Furnished only with bookshelves of science fiction books, a bed, and a clustered desk, she thought the presence of a little cat curled up in the corner made it so much homier. All thought of studying or writing was lost for the rest of the day in favor of playing with her new pet. That night, however, she had trouble sleeping. She woke in the middle of the night and had the horrible feeling that someone was watching her. She laid there in silence with her eyes shut, hoping that if she didn't acknowledge the feeling, it would go away. It only got worse, however, as the night wore on. Her heart raced and she fought to keep her breath even. Hours later, she finally drifted into an uneasy sleep, but was still relieved when morning rolled around. Though there were no windows in the basement, it was as if a fog lifted. The entire atmosphere of the room shifted. During the night, the light snowfall has turned into a storm, and the temperature had dropped 20 degrees. Kara had no plans to go anywhere, but the knowledge that she couldn't bothered her more than she was expecting to. She tried to write, but couldn't focus. After struggling for a while, she decided it would be useless to continue working and instead curled up with Snowy and thought some peace of mind in her favorite novel. This provided a measure of escape, but when the night rolled around, she dreaded to get in bed. She put it off for as long as possible, but eventually exhaustion won out. She fell asleep easily, but woke up in a few hours later, just as before. This night, just as before, she woke up with an uneasy feeling. 
She was determined not to spend another night as as miserable as before, so she forced herself to open her eyes. She slowly turned her head towards the center of the room and saw a pair of bright red eyes staring back. She She wanted to scream, but was frozen with fear. Slowly and deliberately, she closed her eyes and opened them again. This time, the eyes she saw were yellow and belonged to little Snowy. What was wrong with her? She She still felt frozen with fear. Without knowing, she quietly said, Snowy, and the cat immediately ran over and snuggled next to her in bed. She hid her face in its fur and tried to sleep but couldn't. Eventually, she decided that maybe she just needed to get up and out of the basement. She got up, forcing the kitten to jump to the ground and groped her way down the down the wall. Though the room was near pitch black, she kept her eyes shut tightly. She found the door, but as her hands def- desperately roamed for the frame, she didn't feel the knob. She forced herself to open her eyes. The knob was right in front of her. She didn't know how she missed it, but now she noticed something, an unnatural red light coming from behind her. Instinctively, not wanting to have her back towards the possible threat, she slowly turned around. The light was coming from everywhere and from nowhere. It completely Mm. bathed the room. Snowy had jumped up onto the bookshelf and now jumped down. The shadow cast in an eerie light was not of the cat, however, but of a grossly hunched human-like creature. Kara forgot about leaving the room and stumbled backwards. Pressed against the door, she was unable to pull herself. A complete thought. Terror held her in its grip. All she could do was curl up in herself, close her eyes and repeat, fragmented bits of the Lord's Prayer as the cat slowly and deliberately walked across the room towards her. Oh my god! But it was too late for that nonsense. It left the house only hours later, walking through the frigid temperature on icy roads, possessing Kara's body and holding a kitten. As the stray kitten had provided a way into Kara's life, a stray girl would surely get through to another soul. It eventually <laughs> came to another farmhouse, tears in its eyes, to tell a story about a car crash and a walk through the cold. Who could turn down such innocent creatures? <sighs> That's awful. And that I was knew it. it, devil, demon, cat. Gross. Dude, wasn't that crazy? Oh, reading that gave me chills. I I like demon cats. (laughs) I'm glad I don't have cats. Mm, I used to, and then they had to stay outside. I don't like kitties. I mean, I like cats. I just don't like having cats. I like other people's cats. Cats just don't let you pet them, and it's just stupid. So far, I feel like um, I'm glad I didn't bring our cats from Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad they stayed put and that they have a permanent home there. And um, do you remember Tyson had a um, Tyson had a cat 
a white cat when he was maybe like two or three. Do you remember that cat's name? Splat? The little white. No. Splat is still shop cat. Um, no, dude. It was Waka Flocka. Oh, yeah. And, and it would like tackle Tyson from the ottoman or like the size of the couch. He would run by. You know, boys, the little boys just run back and forth as fast as they can. And the cat would like pounce. Right. And with all, it, that's funny, but cats are also creepy. So that was good. Um, do you want to hear a ghost story now? Sure. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see. <laughs> this one is called The Cell Phone, and I got my ghost stories from HuffPost.com. Yes. Um, a couple of months ago, my friend's cousin, a single mother, bought a new cell phone. After a long day of work, she came home, placed her phone on the counter, and went to watch TV. Her son came to her and asked if he could play with her new phone. She told him not to call anyone or ask with text messages, and he agreed. So, around 11.20, she's drowsy, she's, like, ready to go to bed, she decides to tuck her son in and go to sleep. She walked to his room and saw that he wasn't in there. She's like, where's my kid? She then ran over to her room to find him sleeping on her bed with the phone in his hand. Relieved, she picked her phone back up from his hand to inspect it and browsing, like, looking through what he had been playing on, she noticed, like, minor changes. Like, he changed her background and um, the banner, stuff like that. But then she opened up her saved pictures. She started deleting the pictures, like little selfies he had taken, only until she came to one last picture. Can you oh, guess what's no. on it? Oh, that's a ghost. When she first saw it, she was in disbelief. It was her son sleeping on her bed. But the, <sighs> picture, but the picture was taken by someone else above him, and it showed oh, the left half of an elderly woman's face. Shut up. Ooh. I don't know why the idea of like ghosts hacking my technology freaks me out. Don't like if your phone blinks on in the middle of the night, like what what the fuck was that? Who who touched my button? (laughs) Dude, full body chills, the freaking have you listened to that the new season? Yes. Oh, it's so good. Oh, that's what it reminds me of. Oh, yeah, the first one where it was, like... Yes. There was a whole folder of, like, pictures of her and some night, stranger. Night-night. Oh, yeah, no, don't no. hack me or pretend. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm don't not okay it. with it. Freaking. All right, you ready for one more? Um, yep. All right. Well, this one... This one is called That House... And let's see, it says credit to Jonathan Blanton. All right. I used to date a guy named Jacob Blanton. Well, um, it's about that house. Yeah, it's called That House. All right. All right. So first of all, I want to stress the fact that this is a real happening. This is not some story written to get what I write onto public medium. I am only doing this because I think the story needs to be told. The events that I am about to describe took place by the account of my brother-in-law. All I have is his story and the fear on his face when he entered my house that afternoon in the fall of 2007. 
The story is as follows. My sister, along with her new husband and child, just moved into a house about half a mile down the road from my own. A month had passed, and from what they had told me, they were settling in nicely. At the time, I was living with my parents after just graduating high school and trying to build up the money for college. I was busy doing the dishes when I saw my brother-in-law, Richard, walking in a hurried fashion from his car up my dirt driveway. Under the porch and stopping in front of the door, the entranceway was a French door, so anyone walking towards the house was easily seen. He looked at me and sweat pouring from his face. Concerned, I walked over and let him in and asked if he was okay. He pushed oh, his way up. He nope. pushed his way around me and made his way to the sink, where he quickly grabbed a cup and poured glass from the tap. He moved over to the table and took a seat, guzzling the water down as if he had just run a marathon. Then, abruptly sat down the cup and stared into nothing. My sister walked through the door next. She had been taking the car seat from the back of her Dodge Neon and was a few steps behind her husband. She came in, gave me a look of concern, and went, and went about set, setting her child, who was sitting in the car seat, a di in a diaper bag on the floor. She sat down and clasped her hands together, looking at Richard with a frown on her face. What's going on, I asked, as I slid the chair at the table's head and sat down with caution. Richard never looked at me. Cassie, my sister, turned her head towards me, her eyes welling with tears. You are not going to believe it, she said. Her voice cracked as she placed her hand over her mouth. She turned to her husband and nudged his shoulder. Tell him, Rich. Rich just sat there, his eyes focused on a point in the space only he could see. His mind, as far as I could tell, was trying to puzzle out what had just taken place. I leaned my head in the path of his staring and broke him free of his thoughts. Rich, I said in a calm tone, what happened? He took a breath and told me the following. He had been raking leaves in his yard for the better part of the day, arranging them in piles to be picked up later and placed into a garbage pail. The goal was to arrange all of the leaves in large pile and burn it during the winter when friends and family came over for coffee and general visit. This was common practice of families in my town and Richard wanted a piece of that nostalgia for himself. Huh. After sectioning off a small, the small piles, he took a seat on the stairs that led to his front door and admired his work. He told me that he was thinking about how he was finally a homeowner and his thoughts at the time were of the future and for his family and himself. The story continued. He sat there on the stoop for a few minutes when his father's car entered the driveway and parked. His father got out and walked over to sit with him on the stairs. Yard work, huh? His father asked as he bent his knees to rest on the step beside his son with, the, with a grunt of old age. Richard nodded his head, and his father began to talk to him. He spoke about how difficult it was to raise a family and how, if he could do it all over again, he would have washed his hands of the whole ordeal entirely and left his life alone. He said to Richard that it would be better to live alone. 
Richard grew uncomfortable and began to tell his father about how happy and wouldn't have it any other way. That he loved his wife and daughter and how they were the best thing that's ever happened to him. His father smirked, patted him on the shoulder, and with a low tone of voice said, You keep them safe. You never know what could happen. After saying this, his father walked to his car, opened the door, left still smirking as he exited the driveway. Richard sat there watching his father leave his house with a chill running up his spine. He felt a hand touch his shoulder as a familiar voice called out to him. It was Cassie. Richard, are you going to stare at it or rake the yard? Richard snapped back. The yard was covered in leaves. There were no pile, small piles dotting the property. No sign any work was done. He just sat there with rake in hand. The most disturbing aspect of the whole ordeal was that Richard had not seen nor heard from his father in five years. His mother had divorced him years later, or years earlier, and he had moved far away from the state of Louisiana to escape his now ex-wife. It was impossible for his dad to have been there, and when he asked my sister if she had seen his father pulled up. She Ugh. stated that no one had showed up in the time he had went outside to work. Rich hesitantly asked what time it was. My sister stated plainly it was five o'clock. His eyes widened. He said, Cassie, I came out here at one. He had been on the porch for four hours sitting there speaking to someone. Nobody. Richard grew pale. My sister became concerned and asked what was bothering him, to which he explained the story I am telling you now. My sister, having a firm belief in the supernatural, came to my house and made try to make sense of the situation. He finished his story. Richard looked at me without hesitation, or looked at me with hesitation. His eyes searched mine for any hint of disbelief. I myself have had encounters with the unexplained in the past and for me to look at the situation with any judgment or condensation well whatever that's a toughie yeah it's a toughie (laughs) would be grossly inappropriate i grabbed his shoulder and looked calmly into his eyes we need to find the history of that house I stated in an assuring tone. His face relaxed and his shoulders untightened. Immediately, I began to search the internet for the previous owners. Criminal occurrences or deaths relating to that house. I found much. The most outstanding story that I found was of a massacre that had taken place in the house during the 80s. The story goes that the house was notorious for meth and other illegal drugs going in and out of the property. An argument occurred between a few customers and the dealer and his partner that led to a brutal fight between the two parties. All five victims had stabbed each other repeatedly until they all lay dead on the floor. 
Oh my god! Other stories told of an old man during the 70s that would show up in the middle of the night claiming that the current tenants were trespassing on his lands, yelling threats to them and and the like. (laughs) I can't think of anything scarier than like junkie ghosts. Okay, so like your drawers are opening (laughs) Uh, and shutting all hours of the night, or like the chain is being fucked with. (laughs) It says all the deaths recorded about the house seem to follow the same order of the deranged and angered people lashing out and committing murders in fit of rage. Later, I would find out from my father that during the 50s that his grandfather used to live in this area. And that, in that house, lived an old lady who was deranged and mad. She would threaten people on the street passing by by claiming she would shoot them and drag their bodies away for for no one to find. I can't wait to be that old lady. Right? When my grandfather made the mistake of accidentally walking on her property, she ran after him with a shotgun, madly firing into the air, shouting (laughs) that she was going to kill him and eat him. The lady eventually died in the house from a heart attack and wasn't found until days later. As we talked to the un... As we talked, the uneasiness of my brother-in-law fell away. Richard, not wanting to believe that something was wrong with the house, dismissed it as being overtired and stressed and went back to his house shaken but not deterred. It wasn't long after our talk that something else happened. A month and a half went by with no further happenings in the house when a frenzied call came to my home. My mother picked it up. It was Cassie crying and partially yelling as a loud thumping echoed over the call. She kept screaming, he's trying to get in, he's trying to get in. As the thumping sound grew more and more violent, my mother shouted over the phone that my father was on his way. He grabbed his three fifty seven handgun and took off out the door to his truck. My mother hung up the phone, called 911, and we waited in silence for our father to return from rescuing my sister. An hour and a half, sorry, an hour passed, and my father walked through the door alone. The police arrived shortly after I got there, not a moment too soon, he explained. He was never one to give over to emotion and intense situations, but his face was pale and stressed. I thought I was going to have to shoot him. Shoot who? My mother asked. The man who was trying to break into Cassie's house. That's who. He shakingly placed the gun onto the counter and wiped a sweat from his brow. He kept shouting, I know you have it in there. Come out and give it to me. When I yelled out, when I yelled at him to stop, he turned and faced me. He walked slowly towards me, saying that if I didn't leave, he was going to cut me up and eat me for dinner. That's mm. when the cops arrived and arrested him. <laughs> he kept screaming it, even as they were pulling him into the car. I'm going to cut you all up and eat you. 
Where was Richard? My mom asked almost in tears. The next words out of his mouth stopped me in my dead in my tracks. His father came into town and took Richard out to dinner. He left about four hours ago. Dumb idiot left his phone at home. Shortly after the incident, my father and his family left the home and moved into an apartment on the other side of town. Later, I would ask Richard what he thought of the house. His answer was simple. If I had the gasoline, I would pour it onto the ground. It and whatever lived inside it. Uh, wow, Rolly with the... Yeah, man, spook. That was... I can't. Uh, I can't imagine like uh, going through everything that we have with the house we bought, and then like uh, oh, coming to find God. out that somebody else still had dibs on it. Dude, that <laughs> like pissed off about our our renovation. You know, you know, Vic's house is haunted. Like someone died you at Vic's that. house. It's like I think there's a law now that you have to disclose that if you if they ask. Oh, they have to ask? Okay, mm-hmm. you would know that. Okay. But, um, yeah, you know, it's crazy because... So always ask, PSA, always ask if... Always the, ask if the if house... Somebody if died anybody there. died. They have to tell you, but you have to ask. Yeah, you absolutely have to ask. You need to know these things, and everybody <laughs> should oh, know ahead of time. Where yes. the death occurred? Like, do you need us to come and cleanse it? Or I have an app on my phone that, oh my you know. See, that's ghost. one thing. Like, I think, you know, I could go to a haunted house and, you know, you for maybe a night. But no, I will not live. Look, I have a problem. If I'm sleeping, do not fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care. You want to mess with me during the day. That's cool. But if I'm asleep, do not fucking touch me. Like, (laughs) well, I can, I can, I don't, that doesn't bother me so much anymore because Drayton's always climbing in our bed all hours of the night. So I told you about my ghostly encounter, right? Yeah. In your old house. Yes. No. No, in this house, in your new house. Well, yeah, yeah, it was. Well, no, no, not in my old house. It was when when I was married. Well, no, it was before I got married. Oh yes, in the trailer, and there was apparently there was this little black girl with braids, and uh, well, not apparently, there definitely was because that bitch touched me, and that was not cool. Yeah. Oh my god. So, apparently, there was this little black girl with braid ghost, and, um, you know, she wouldn't mess with you unless you tried her up. I witnessed, okay, witnessed with my eyes, this guy came in, and he was drunk, and he was yelling at the ghost, telling her that she ain't real, and fuck that ghost, and bitch if you're here like you know fuck with me she ain't gonna fuck with me and want to be Billy Badass and I witnessed a beer bottle fly across the room and hit him in the head 
Wow. That was crazy. But I was sleeping. All right. And Kenny got up to go to work. And this motherfucker, like, you know how little kids, like, you got your back turned, like, sleeping on your side. And a little kid will come and, like, nudge the back of your arm. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Or pinch it if it's my kid. (coughs) Like, literally sat there and nudged the back of my arm, like, twice. Oh, gosh. She was like, get up, girl. Yeah, she was like, give me some damn cereal. Come on. She was like, waffles? Hello? Yeah, I want me some pancakes. What? But, yeah. Give me some Eggos. Well, um, I don't know if you heard the the ultimate creep during your story. Uh, Drayton just stuck her head in here and goes, if I was you, I'd get out of here. Oh, and my like, God. <laughs> um, what? And then she went to the bathroom and then was gone. So Drayton um, is so creepy. <laughs> she's such a creep. She told me earlier, she was like, um, the only reason I'm outside is because I have to see the sunset go down. And then I can turn to my evil side. And oh, I was like, whoa. My God. I was like, what does that look like? And she was like, kind of like this. <sighs> oh, and my like, God. The other day she told me she had her baby doll. Um, she was holding it upside down, like by the knees. So I was like, hey, you know, you shouldn't hold your baby like that, girl. She said, <laughs> she said, uh, please don't judge me. She's five. Okay. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Please I don't can hold my baby doll. However, I like. That's funny. Well, all right. Um, well, that is. Um, that's all I got. Well, I have some more stuff, but I'll save it, and I'll keep adding to my little list of stuff to scare the pants off of you. Yeah, definitely do that. Um, mm. I am drinking Fireball and Red Bull. Ooh. It's super good. Yeah, heartburn is real. (sighs) I'm like struggling to breathe right now. Well, I am um, officially cramped in the closet and my knee is a little... I also, you know, shoveled eight tons of gravel today, so (laughs) I'm good to go. I'm feeling super accomplished. I um, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Well, I don't think I told you, or did I, um, Marvel is with Rita Faye for the weekend. Yeah. So, I'm fixing to go out here, and I think he made us a little fire. Mm-hmm. Romantical. Yeah, and you know, it feels really nice outside. Put on my crime junkie hoodie, and... It's fall, y'all. Oh, my God. Everybody... Tell your spooky stories and send KK your spooky stories. Sorry, Kaylee, or what are you, whatever you go by on your, um, <laughs> I call you KK. Uh, send her your scary stories and we can read them to each other and that'll be fun. Yes, and I will plug all that as soon as, as soon as I hang up with you. You would like to plug for yourself? Um, I have podcast called Pepper Spam and um, I do want to say thanks to you for like 
encouraging me to, I can just do it this way remotely with my phone. I don't need all this. I haven't even unpacked all my equipment. So we just had too much going on. But Pepper Spam is us, and I'm going to be putting up some new stuff there soon. Hope me to chat because it was fun, and Friday night should be our thing. We should be, you know, we should give the people a little spooky story time. Yeah. All right, well... I'm fixing to go out here and have me a kid-free night and enjoy your fall time. Yes. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Tune in next week. I'll have my best, best, best friend, Emily, here. Um, We will be drunk, so you don't want to miss that. If you would like to send in your spooky stories, my email address is murderwithfriends at yahoo.com. Facebook group is Murder With Friends Podcast. And you can't forget the Instagram, at Murder With Friends. I hope you all have a great week. And remember, if you're thinking about murder, talk about it with friends.